Good morning. This is Phil Canute with River Valley Co-op and your morning grain comments. Corn and soybean futures were lower overnight. September corn finished the overnight session off five and three quarters cents, settling at five fifty-three. November soybeans were off twenty-four and a half cents, settling at thirteen twenty-nine. In the outside markets, as of seven forty-five a.m., the U.S. dollar index is off point zero nine one, trading at ninety-one nine fifty-seven. September crude oil is off a dollar twenty-nine, trading at sixty-nine dollars and ninety-seven cents a barrel. Precious metals are all lower. Industrial metals are higher, except copper. The electronic mini Dow Jones is up 87 points, trading at 34,808. Yesterday afternoon's crop progress and conditions report gave traders a bit of a surprise. Traders anticipated crop conditions ratings for both corn and soybeans to decline this week. While the national corn crop condition rating was lowered, the national soybean crop condition rating actually improved from last week. That information pressured soybean futures overnight. In turn, corn futures timidly followed along, trading lower as well. The national corn crop condition rating was lowered by two points from last week to 62% good to excellent. This figure is 10 points behind last year at this time and is five points below the five-year average. The national soybean crop condition rating improved two points from last week and now stands at 60% good to excellent. This figure is 13 points below last year at this time and is five points below the five-year average. Although improved soybean crop conditions ratings may have been the primary driver behind last night's sell-off, they weren't the only feature sprinkling negativity into the recipe. Export demand, most notably Chinese buying, has been slower than molasses in January of late. To add insult to injury, yesterday's monthly soybean crush figure came in below trade expectations. Granted, we are still most definitely dealing with a very tight balance sheet, but traders cannot and will not ignore negative demand stories nor should they. Now, after digesting all of that information, don't get depressed and start climbing the harvest store. There are still plenty of factors throwing all kinds of support at this market. U.S. Midwest weather and its potential impact on yield this fall is still a giant question mark. Many areas remain far too dry. Likely, we won't get a handle on what this dry weather did to yield and production until combines roll. However, it is safe to assume that we're probably looking at a below-trendline yield corn crop this fall, given what we know today. Also, weather issues elsewhere across the globe have caused yield and production losses. Analysts now anticipate Brazil's final Safrina corn yield figure at around 60 bushels per acre. Wheat production in the former Soviet Union has been negatively affected by dry weather, and U.S. spring wheat production has been significantly lowered as a result of drought. Yesterday, the funds bought 15,000 contracts of corn, bought 5,000 contracts of soybeans, and bought 12,000 contracts of wheat. They are now estimated to be net long 239,940 contracts of corn, net long 95,950 contracts of soybeans, and net long 27,180 contracts of wheat. From a chart perspective, September corn finds initial support at yesterday's low, 540 and a quarter, followed closely by last week's low, 536 and three quarters, and then the low from July 9th, 520 and three quarters. Initial resistance is at 560, the overnight high, followed by the July 21st high, 579, and then what's left of the chart gap from July 6th, 579 to 588. November soybeans find initial support at 1330, followed by the psychological $13 level, and then 1250. Initial resistance is at 1350, followed by last week's high, 1387 and a half, and then the key $14 mark. Opening calls are lower. And with all of that, have a great Tuesday from your friends at River Valley Co-op.